Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. In our fifth season, we're still talking to high achievers about their goals, but we're doing it with a twist. We're inviting on listeners just like you to get their questions answered in a segment we're calling Goals to Go. We asked our listeners to tell us what they were stuck on and with their goals, and we did a little matchmaking with our guest. So today, we'll talk to Maggie Umberger. She was a Sweat Life's first employee, and now she's out there building her own business. Maggie and I are going to talk about some of the big goals she set and achieved and what she's going after in the future. Then we'll bring on our guest, Jess Hook, to get real answers to a real question she's working through right now as she pursues a goal, specifically building her business. But first, Maggie, thank you so much for being here. Tell us, what are you up to these days? And what's a big thing you've done in the last year that's made you proud? Gina, thanks so much for having me on. This is so cool. And I love this twist. I love that we're able to have like real conversations, kind of like in real time problem solving, um, because I know we'll, t- we'll talk a lot more about a sweat life in a little bit, but that's a big thing I I have learned from a sweat life is just like creative problem solving. And I think that's kind of what this is like in real time. And I love it. And in a world right now, when we're all virtual, it's really cool to have like moments of real connection and real conversation and it be go and it to go a little like more than surface levels. So I'm just really excited to, to be here. Um, this year has been topsy turvy, of course, like for everybody, um, it's, it's just been a year of learning. Um, I think right now I am in a place where I'm just really excited by these projects I'm working on and I'm not really worried about where they're going next. I'm just really happy to be doing the things that I'm doing. And that's what this year has kind of led me to be kind of exploring is just like, what are the things that light me up and what do I want to explore more of? So right now I'm working with um, some teachers or I'm about to start working with some teachers in like a continuing education program, um, which I'll talk more a little bit later about, but just to get to like work with folks who are in that place where they're certified yoga teachers and they're not sure what to do next, but to give them the tools to teach really great classes and to find their own authentic voice is something I've wanted to do for a really long time. So I'm excited to be doing that. Um, And I also launched a website this year, which was like sort of a thing that happened and I, it happened without me know, not without me knowing it, but I was like, (laughs) I don't think I set out to like do something with this big goal in mind. It was just like, okay, this is necessary this is what we're doing. I'm going to take it one day at a time and make it work. And I kind of think that's how a lot of things end up evolving anyways, without um, necessarily a huge mega plan, but like small little plans, little monthly goals that sort of get um, stacked up. And so this past year, I built a website that has now over a hundred on-demand workouts and yoga classes. um, And I'm continuing to evolve that and explore what that can be. But I've loved that journey. And now I'm just excited to see sort of where these platforms might go in the next new year. Cause I don't think virtual is really going anywhere. I think we're going to evolve it. It'll be hybrid. It'll be something new and totally different, but that's just kind of where I'm at this year. And I also now floss regularly, which has been a really great thing uh, to start to do more of. So that's one thing I'm proud of. <laughs> Flossing, oral hygiene. Yes. Uh, Full of surprises, Maggie Umberger. Uh, what what I love about what you just said is kind of what I 
learned about you in in our time working together was that your passion kind of leads your goals. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do anything that didn't light me up. Like I would know that from the the start, like I can feel it out once I've started, you know, made a decision. And if it feels wrong in my gut, that's like the, the muscle I've been working the most over the last year is to feel out that first layer of just like, what is the energy that I bring to it? What is the energy that I feel like in the days leading up to that event or that activity? And if it's like nervous excitement, great. If it's like dread, then that's something to move away from. And so that's kind of, yeah, I would say passion is the the main, um, like the force that then kind of propels everything else. Okay, Maggie, you know the big questions we ask on this podcast because you used to host it. Uh, so let's let's first talk about a big goal you set and accomplished in the past. How did you get there and why was it important to you? I think uh, like a big, a big goal of mine um, was to, to host retreats. And that was, that was something that, I mean, I'll put a little asterisk around it is that I thought that's what I wanted as like a, a main business is to host retreats. And I hosted the first one um, in March, like wildly March 5 through 10, 2020. And then LOL. everything shut down like March 11. Like it was just so insane. Um, but the, that first retreat happened and I could see how the idea of a retreat, um, actually what I loved about it, I think I can create in other ways. And so what I figured out, like this big accomplishment, I guess, is creating space for people to connect to themselves on this deeper, more fundamental level, and then to watch what happens, to see how people can then take that connection to themselves through physical movement often, but sometimes like through stillness, through meditation, through um, journaling act exercises or whatever that is, giving people the space to get curious and be really introspective themselves about like, what makes me tick? What are the things that light me up? And like, give, give people the opportunity to answer those questions themselves. Cause I think we have it, we have it in us mm-hmm. more than we probably know. Um, I think we are often a society of like seeking outward for answers. And I know I'm that way a lot too, but to go on this journey myself of like figuring out what do I know that I need on the inside and then giving others that opportunity to find that for themselves is really empowering. Um, So I think that idea of a, a physical manifestation of a retreat is something I would like to keep doing for sure. Um, But I am really proud that that first iteration of it was what I got from it was what I did. So now that is what propels me in creating the membership that I created or like through the on-demand stuff or whatever comes next now has that lens. Um, so I guess, I guess the thing that I am most you know proud about accomplishing is uh, doing one thing that I thought was like the big goal, but actually getting a different outcome from it than I anticipated and being really excited by that. And Maggie, I didn't really say your title as I introduced you. Um, but you, I, I kind of refer to you as entrepreneur slash, um, and you corrected me before we started rolling, but movement coach, because yoga instructor, fitness instructor, like you do a lot of things now. So, um, after you left a sweat life, you kind of went off on your own and, and talk about like the piece of pieces of things that now make up your life and days. 
Yeah, that that's a good piece of context because that, that does kind of like put me right where I am right now is that um, I have never seen myself as just a one, uh, like I ever wanted to dive all into one thing because I believe like different modalities can always help us. It always uh, is, you know, exponentially or I'm not great at math, but it all it always does like layer on what we've learned, uh, what, you know, from all of these different types of inputs to create like who we are. And so with a sweat life, like we wore so many hats, we, you still wear so many hats. I still do in what I'm doing, but to be able to kind of like switch and be, and plug in as like a content editor and then as an interviewer and then as like an event host and then as a website builder and like, you know, email marketing campaign manager and like all of the different things were helpful in figuring out like, you know, where are my skills? Where do I want to spend a little bit more time? And I think now as primarily a movement coach, um, I find that just this like heartbeat of where movement can plug into our daily lives is so, so beneficial, but that can come from so many different sources. And so that's why I like to teach yoga. That's why I like to train folks with weights if they like to pick up heavy weights um, or working with like new moms postpartum and helping them connect to their breath again and just have those like little moments of connection through movement in the day that then translate into bigger moments of connection later on. Um, I, yeah, I guess that's, that's what makes me a movement coach and not just one specific thing. But I also, I kind of accredit a sweat life to finding that um, joy in many different things because we're never just one thing. That's absolutely true. So um, let's talk about getting to hosting your retreat. Do you remember like the months leading up to it? Like what was it like to set the goal to host the retreat and then actually see it come to life? Um, yes. I remember first you you look out at what other folks are doing as just like market research, right? And you kind of see where do people host things? Or if I'm looking at retreats specifically, like where are people going? What are people doing? What are the sources? And I was finding a lot of like websites that were like retreat in a box where it was like, here, you do this thing and we'll take a cut of it and we'll, it'll be great. And I was like, I think I can make it my own and make it better. It'll be harder, but I think it'll be better. And so I cannot say I did it alone. Like I had a ton of help from folks who, um, just wanted to help like Kathy Lai, who is like a great friend of a sweat life and has helped so much on in, in the business as well. And is the reason why I know Kathy, uh, offered like her, her expertise with Excel, which I like did not, <laughs> did not know. Um, and, and so much more. And then there were folks like in Tulum where I ended up hosting the retreat that just wanted to, to see it succeed and became partners in, in creating it. And so I sort of put it together from lots of different, um, sources rather than doing this like retreat in a box idea, which is not wrong. Either way is totally fine. Cause you're going to work a lot harder and potentially make less money doing one, but then it's a, just a different, <laughs> a different outcome or a different sort of like, um, benefit or, or what you get out of it might feel a little different. And that's how I kind of, that was what I gauged as my measure of, success, quote unquote, is just like, I wanted to make it my own. And so that was my driving force. I wanted it to be something that felt put together with purpose and 
really, really um, uniquely sort of curated. So every day I wanted there to be ample space. Like I mentioned, like space for people to just be. And we had like two hour practices every day um, and then space to go on, on the beach and read and do whatever you wanted. But also there would be like home cooked food. We had a chef making every meal. Um, and I worked with him to make sure that every meal was like organically sourced and locally sourced. And then at the end, we took all of the extra ingredients and we donated them to um, like a space in Tulum that um, like a food pantry. And I wouldn't have been able to know what that was without the folks who are local to Tulum to point me in the direction to, to take the food. And so just little things like that. I just wanted it to be like a sustainable place for us to go. I wanted it to plug into the community and not feel like we were just dropping in and then leaving. And I also didn't want people to feel like they were taking a week to unplug and not think about anything and then go back to their regular lives and jump right back, back into everything that they were doing. Um, and I think that we achieved that with like just mindful selections of all of the little, the little details, everything in the process of creating something like that. And again, I, I do thank a sweat life for the ability to like event plan is so much harder than it looks on the surface. <laughs> like you need a good run of show. You need a good, you need a good, like, um, being able to see things from a bird's eye view as well as in the details too, because both are really, really important um, when it comes to creating the atmosphere for people to, or for you to create what you want and for people to take home what you intend them to um, at the end of it. I could talk about this all day because it, it's fascinating to kind of see how you brought this to life, but I want to talk about your goals for the future too. Um, so Maggie, tell us, you you did a lot over this past year. I can't believe it's only been a year since you've been gone. Um, it feels like a minute and also 10 years, yeah. but what what's a big goal you're setting for the future and how are you going to get there? Um, so I think about this a lot and I think about the, actually an interview that I did with a sweat life or with, um, for we got goals with Yael Shai mm -hmm. a lot. Like what she said, she's the founder of mindful NYU. And she talked about in our, in our episode, holding goals with a loose hand. And I think that just that phrase comes back to me often because if there's really anything that 2020 taught us, it's to not get too invested into one specific thing because it likely there's more likely chances that there's going to be a wrench that gets thrown in your plans than not. Um, whether that wrench is small or big, like a pandemic, like you just don't know. And so I do value specific goals. I think that's really great to have the, you know, smart and measurable goals, but to hold them with a loose hand. Right. So I would love to continue to grow the online membership that I have. Um, I'd love, I've done this all organically up until now. Like I've had this mindset that the folks who are supposed to find it will find it, which is nice, but probably don't hire me as a business coach if that's <laughs> your goal, <laughs> because like, I really do actually love how it has grown authentically because I don't really think like the, the mindset of just getting as many people to try something as possible will lead you to folks who want to stick around for a long time, like maybe, but maybe not. And I think the folks who are a part of the community that I'm creating really know what I'm about. And I love that. Like, it's just feels more connected and more real. And so I want to keep that. Um, but, but to grow the, the membership, um, I'd love to have like a hundred new members this year. And so I'm going to start working with a business coach to 
to plan a strategy that gives me the space now as I put on my like business development hat to have like I'd like to have two times a month that I sit down for you know three hour chunk of time for just business development um, that is not just in the cracks of time and so that's sort of the goal there and now a break with our friends at Body Armor if you're anything like well almost everyone you're rocking that work out from home lifestyle We at A Sweat Life are loving our post-workout Body Armor Light. It's made with no artificial sweeteners and no sugar added. Plus, potassium-packed electrolytes, antioxidants, vitamins, and coconut water. Body Armor Light. It's everything you need and nothing you don't want. I, I love it. It's really interesting because I, I think it, it harkens back to how we grew the ambassadorship too. And we're, we had to learn to get out of organic only too, uh, because at a certain point, like your customer tells you who they are. Um, and then you have to go fishing for people mm-hmm. who are like, who are like them. So I, I don't think either approach is wrong, but inevitably like you got to fish a little yeah. bit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Maggie, I think before we kick it over to Jess Hook to ask you her big question, um, I wanted you to be on this episode because Jess's question is about kind of growing out of that first year. Um, and I think when I look back at the trajectory and the growth of a sweat life, you were a part of really what I thought of as the beginning of a sweat life as a business. Um, you coming on board made it real. Uh, and suddenly we were marching like hand in hand and doing everything together. And we did it that way for a long time. We went from the two of us full-time into a bigger team. So Maggie, what do you remember about that time when it was just us? And what do you remember about, well, let's, let's just do that. And we'll ask the next question after. Oh my gosh. So many things come to mind. Like I mean, first of all, I just, I remember like how excited we were for so many different opportunities. Like, I think we were really hungry just to like try new things. And it was like, when you brought me on it, you know, it, I think, what what did we say? We like doubled the like hands to work, but also like quadrupled the work to do. Like we just were like, oh, then we can try this and we'll try that. And I loved, I mean, I loved that idea of saying yes and figuring it out. Um, I think there's always like a double-edged sword with everything. Like you can say yes and figure it out only so much until you've like, you know, run into the ground. And didn't we, I think we made up this phrase of like, you have to tell me when there's a tidal wave approaching. Like, I think it was this thing where it's like, if, the tsunami warning system. The tsunami warning. Yes. Because especially when you're working with somebody, like if you're going full steam ahead, but then the person who is also a part of that workload is like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Then it can like, the balance can easily get thrown off. And so I remember us needing to like establish that communication of like, okay, it's, it's like nearing tsunami time, but also being able to do that like well enough in advance that it wasn't okay, like system overload and like, you know, all the lights are, are blinking red because then you've gone, you know, it's like too late. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do think like that first year of just trying things out was great because no, it wasn't all like, it was a little bit like not throwing spaghetti at a, at a like refrigerator, but we just didn't know what was going to stick. We didn't know exactly what was going to be some of the new avenues that we could spend more time. We had to try. You had to like kind of go down a couple different routes before pivoting. Um, but being really nimble, like I think that means being able to 
recognize when something isn't working and not think of it as like a failure, but it's just like, okay, now it's time to like turn a different corner and take everything that we learned and maybe we'll store it and we'll use it later. Maybe we'll apply it in a different way, but it it's all part of the story, part of the journey. There really isn't like a, a point at which you could ever say like, we failed at X, Y, and Z because there, it just, you wouldn't ever be where you are unless you had all the moments leading up to it. Oh my God. Absolutely. I think there were, there were so many like stops along the way when, when we were overtired, when our, our working relationship was teetering on like wildly inappropriate. (laughs) We were sharing a bottle of Dayquil for a sweat working week. And that's (laughs) what we lived on was coffee and Dayquil for an entire week to get through a very tough tough week that was like something we probably shouldn't have just said we can do it we'll figure it out we're fine we'll carry these 10 rowers inside without gloves on in zero degree weather in January it's fine we're fine (laughs) (laughs) that there was I for the listener at home we were taking day quote because we were sick (laughs) yeah that's important I guess not for the stimulant effects (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were not abusing Dayquil besides yeah. the fact that we were actually sick. Um, it, but I, I do think like through our time together, like I learned how, how to communicate better, like with people I led. I know like in, at the start of it, like I was still learning and there were times when like, I look back and like, we fought <laughs> like, once, like once or maybe more than once or twice. But like, I remember fighting and I, I think back on that and it was like, I felt so passionately about, some of the things that we were fighting about and it was like so dumb. <laughs> and that now like there, there are so many more effective ways to communicate that I feel like I learned through that time. And, but there's no way to really know exactly like what kind of leader you'll be or what type of communicator you'll be until you like try it, try it out. Like even if we read a bunch of books, like as you grow and as, you know, as I grow, whatever, path I take if I were to hire someone, I have no idea what kind of boss I will be. I just don't know until I am there, you know? So it's just like, I think every time that we look back and think about where we've been, we can only do so with like, just compassion. Yeah. Compassion. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I I think I look back at when we started adding to the team too, because it was, it was a really interesting time. What do you remember about that? Um, I remember, well, I, okay. So one thing that I think sticks out to me is that when we both were just us, I think we like established this way of working that felt like, well, this is how we do it. And then someone new comes on, like when Kristen came on the team, she had, she has a great sense of like, well, being able to say like, no, that's not feasible right now. Like being able to have the boundaries that I didn't have necessarily at the upfront. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't think that that was how this could be done, but it's really great to see how different team members, um, especially when you're like growing. Cause you know, I guess when there's a, a team of a hundred, you might not feel the difference of one person quite as much as what you would feel with a team of one or two, and then adding one or two more because everybody thinks so differently. So to get to have more brains on, on a project to be like, I wonder if that's the smartest way to do it. Like we as humans just get in a habit and sometimes we do things less efficiently, but because it's the way we know how to do it, we just do it that way. But I think like uh, having Kristen's brain, like look at content though, I just like could watch and listen to her talk about content planning all day. I loved it. And watching and reading her emails, like she's so witty, so funny. And I was just like, this is 
I could not ever imagine to be the content editor and editor in chief that she is. And so I was so happy to like have her be there. Um, and then like the same thing with like Marie with business development and just like her passion for partners and bringing in new partners into the fold. It's just like, you're just aware of how wonderful it is to let people shine and do what they do best and just to soak in like their, their energy and presence because we all have a lot to learn from each other. Yeah. And I think that was probably the, the hardest and most rewarding part about adding to the team. It was for you and I, like, just like you were saying, Maggie, like we divided and conquered everything before we, we added to the team, like you and I knew how to do everything. And we, between the two of us did do everything from content to emails to event planning. Doesn't mean we did it perfectly (laughs) or the best, but we were doing it all. So in effect, like hiring other people meant that we were giving away a piece of our job. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's what you had to do too. When you hired me, like that was you going from having everything under your, under the wraps of like, even if it isn't always done perfectly, at least it's like, it's done and you know that it's done. So to have to give up that control is, I think something we're always relearning. Like, well, as humans are not great at relinquishing control. Yeah. So with that, let's welcome Jess Hook for our goals to go segment. Thank you guys so much. I'm just sitting here listening to all of this. I'm so excited and I feel like I can relate to everything that you are both saying so much. So I am the founder of Believe in Blank Marketing. Um, It is a boutique marketing agency. We help small businesses save time and grow through really authentic social media marketing. Um, I I love what you were saying about having the title wave warning system because I hit one of those in the fall, finally hired my first employee, which is really, really exciting. And now I am going, okay, I don't know what I don't know. You know, there's no, if you're in the corporate game, there's a very standard laid out path for you to grow and you can ask mentors and, you know, they'll tell you exactly what your next steps are. I feel like I have a very big picture goal for what I want Believe in Blank to grow into, but how on earth do I get from here to there? You know, it's, it's, I don't feel like there's a right or a wrong answer and I don't know where to go next. Ooh, what a fun place to start. So, um, one of the things I think was interesting about your question too, and and your big goal was that you want to go from two team members to five team members this year, right? Yes, that is the hope. I have a couple of different roles. So I just hired a social media manager um, and would love to bring on a graphic designer and a website designer and people that are experts in the arenas that I'm okay at. But you know, there are people that can do these things a lot better than I can. So my initial thought, like, and again, it's interesting because we're at different stages of a business where my vision is not to hire a person. So I know that that is to take that with a caveat. Um, but the things, something that I, I do think back to a lot as I try new things is this idea that we're never fully ready for it. And like, you got to start somewhere. And sometimes it can be like taking the leap to 
bring someone on so that you can get to the next phase where you can really support that person. But that being said, like it's hard to manage those timelines of when you can hire someone, meaning to like, you know, take their salary on or whatever that is, is like a, is a very real thing to think about. But also to a certain extent, like we're, we're always like on the precipice of the next thing, which just like, you've got to start somewhere. And you, if you just take that little bit of a leap, whatever that next little bit of a leap is, it's going to open many more doors that you just don't, you can't see now. Cause if you're only, you're, you're still behind like that first set of doors. Yeah. And I, I would layer on to that too. Like I hear a little bit of not, I mean, like, I don't want to say imposter syndrome, but like a little imposter. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's a very, very fair thing to interpret. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think we all like, we all have that a little bit, but I've recently like shifted how I look at imposter syndrome because I think it's honestly your like mind and body. Like we've learned that imposter syndrome is like bad and we should get over it. But it's honestly, I think it's your mind and body telling you like you're in new territory and that doesn't, that's not bad. Like we, you gotta feel new in order to do new things. So I, I think like once you start going like, yeah, I'm new at this. Um, and like celebrating that, like you'll like start to call in the support you need. Um, and, and also to think about mentors too. I think Maggie and I did a lot of work, like finding like I think we used to call it like pieces of mentors. Like we we would talk we'd talk to people and like learn a piece about them that helped us with what we were working on too. I think when you start your own like specific business that's doing a specific thing, just like you're saying, like there's not a path. Like there's not an exact path that you're on and blazing. Like Maggie can speak to this too. She's doing her own thing in a new world in a totally different way. Um you're not going to have one person who can tell you all the answers. So you have to start to realize like there are people out there that have like a piece of the answer you're looking for and value their opinion over other people, but understand they only know a piece. Yeah. I love that. Me too. I think that's fantastic. I love, I've definitely started to find mentors that have helped me in different arenas, but I've never thought of it in that way where, you know, take their piece where their wheelhouse is and use their knowledge to benefit myself and grow my business and help others in return. Um, And it's been fun. I've had a couple of friends reach out that are looking to, you know, get into the marketing arena. And so getting to then turn that around and help people grow in return is beyond exciting. So I love that, that piece. That's so fun. I was just going to say that too, Jess, that um, the idea of competition is an interesting thing because sometimes, sure, there's folks out there that view competition as me versus you, but to shift the perspective of other folks in the industry that could be potential friends, I think there's enough success to go around. And if you can view competition as like, oh man, they're making me better. Like I'm working harder because they're doing something really cool and then I'm getting better and maybe I can share something with them that they could benefit from. Like I, I try to be an open book and open door policy too of like, if something, if you have a question, like, let me know, like we could talk about it and maybe it can help you. And then maybe down the line, you can help me too. And I think there's this idea of reciprocity of 
that can be really freeing um, rather than like shutting up the 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 boundaries between me versus you, but that there is enough success to go around. And um, who knows, maybe the mentor is like the person who we once viewed as, as competition and vice versa. I, Maggie, I think that's perfect. And I feel like I have really, the whole transition from community competition to community is something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, probably in the last quarter of 2020. Um, And I feel like that's something that to me always used to be like, oh yeah, you know, I definitely value community over competition, but I think it was more in words than, you know, something that was really internalized for myself. Um, So hearing you reiterate that and talk about how that's something that you value as well. And you found, you know, just to be such an important part of growing a business, I think is really, really helpful. Uh, and Jess, as you as you look to grow, um, what kind of other folks are you looking to hire? Is it people like your social media manager? Is it other folks to help with BD, um, business development? That's a really good question. And thank you for throwing the acronym in there because I always play the game of like, ooh, okay, I think that's business development, but <laughs> let's let's see if I know what it is. Um, I that's a really good question. I would say that. I forget if it's a quote or if someone told me, but you should hire for the, you know, hire out the things that you are not good at doing. So business development, I'm good at seeing where I want things to go. But like I said, you know, the steps in between and what's my next step, what's my next leap that I need to, you know, push myself out of my comfort zone and try. um, That's something that I don't necessarily love pinpointing what those next steps are. So I think if it's something that I don't love doing or I don't feel that I'm the best at doing, those are the types of roles that I really want to be hiring out. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I think there's an exercise you could do, but also it it depends on kind of what you want your business to be. Like Maggie and I both have an agency background and I don't think either one of us would go back there. Is that accurate, That's maybe? Fair to say. Mm-hmm. Jess, did you work in an agency at any point? I worked, I spent a couple months with a boutique agency. Um, so yes, I do. It was only a small portion. My nine to five career was actually in corporate wellness. So it was definitely a little bit of a pivot, but I did spend a couple of months with another boutique agency. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is the way that they're set up is definitely a way that you could inevitably set yourself up um, or you could go for some kind of like hybrid model too. So um, a version of um, your team could be that you have a few people who are kind of like you, like hybrid, um, like, you know, wellness, you know, small business, you know, um, social media. um, And if there are other people who are kind of like, I like to call them like T-shaped, like they know a lot of things and they're deep in one area. Um, I actually stole that from one of my old bosses, Steve Raddick, by the way. But if you could add a couple of T-shaped people to your team and maybe a few people underneath them, you could have like a few people running accounts or you could have like you running the strategy and then folks under underneath you running the accounts. I guess, have you thought about like what what's exciting to you for a potential team structure? Ooh, I... 
had never thought to organize it in those two different ways. I just always assume that, you know, I'll be up here at the top of the pyramid and then it just kind of tapers out from there. But I really like the idea of having, you know, me be the CEO, I'll be the CEO role, but having a couple of other people that really are somewhat jack of all trades. That way there are multiple people that can be overseeing different parts of the business and then have those T people down below that. I think that's a really cool model. That's, that excites me. I like that. I also love how, um, I think it's Reese Witherspoon who her like production company where it's like, this is a different idea, but that could be applied sort of, that's just, there's less of a hierarchy structure and that it's more about pools of knowledge that sort of can like layer in different ways. Um, and that, you know, I think that we're like breaking open the mold of how things work. And I, I think that even the pandemic that's showed us how things work in the world can work differently is giving our brains the capacity to say like, oh, I wonder if that could work. Oh, I wonder why that couldn't work. Why not? And so, you know, now's the time to sort of shake up what is whatever that vision of should be uh, is in your brain. I think that that is brilliant. And I think that that is something that is a major silver lining that has come out of 2020 because you have all of those businesses that said, Hey, we can't go remote. You need to be in the office, you know, because of X, Y, and Z reason. And they had to pivot and go, okay, well now we have to be remote. How can we make this work? And I think that really taking that lesson and saying, okay, this is how things have always been done but maybe that's not the best way to do them. It's what you were saying earlier about, you know, we get into these habits as humans. And if that doesn't mean we're doing them in the, we're doing things in the most efficient way, you know, we're just doing things in the way that they've always been done. So what can we stop and take a look at and reevaluate and make it better? I love it. I think that's an excellent note to end on. Jess, uh, please plug yourself. Where can we find you and what kind of, what kind of customers are you looking for? Yes. So you can find me, I would say Instagram is my favorite platform at believe in blank marketing, or you can go to believe in Um, I love working with anyone who is passionate about what they're doing. So small businesses that are maybe, finding that, okay, I don't have enough time to do social media well or don't know enough to do it well. I would love to hand this off to someone that can manage it better. So anyone who is really ready to give themselves some time back or doesn't want to take the time to become an expert in social media, because you can find out pretty quickly, as you guys, I'm sure, did, when you're trying to be the jack of all trades, each element is a full-time job. So, you know, if anyone's ready to hand that off, I am here for you. All right, Jess, we'll be watching you. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the pod. Let's take a quick hydration break with Body Armor Light. There are a lot of ways to work out and our team does them all. For Kelly, it's a hike in the mountains. For Kristen, a strength workout with Jess Sims does it. For Marie, it's a masked up reformer Pilates class. And for me, it's a session on the bike. But for all the ways we work out, we're all reaching for Body Armor Light. It's made with no artificial sweeteners and no sugar added. Plus potassium-packed electrolytes, antioxidants, and vitamins, and coconut water. 
Maggie, before we go, we've got some listener questions from you. Um, or for we've got some listener questions for you. And I All might right. just make you sing a song. We'll see. <laughs> Maggie, Amy C wants to know. How do you manage expectations um, in your first year of business, like followers, income, et cetera? Um, I think, so what comes to mind when I think about this question, I, I, I guess I think about like priorities, like where, where do I put my priorities? Because um, as a single person, like you only have so much time in the day or you only have so many, uh, like Jess was talking about, like you, you may not be able to spend as much time doing one thing if you're just spending you, you only have so many hours. Um, and so I guess my main driving focus, like we talked about earlier, is like the content that I'm creating, the work that I produce. I'm my own biggest critic. And if I teach a class that is not up to my standards, like I'm the one that feels that the longest and for like the most heavily, not probably the students that were in class. But I spend time making sure that what my work is, is like what I stand for is not, it's not as much. I know that you need to have like the right kind of branding to showcase what you do. But to me, like that pinnacle thing is like the work, not the marketing around the work. And so I spend the most time focusing on creating the work I'm proud of, whether that's workshops, events, retreats, even like my weekly newsletter is just something that I create with heart. And so if I'm doing that, and if I am proud of that work, I believe in this element of reciprocity, um, or this, like, I guess, you know, idea of karma of like putting good out, you will get good back. Um, and I know that there's a need to, to spend time doing other things than just creating the work. Like you, you can't sustain your life on just working for yourself and not sharing that work with the world. So, um, but I do believe like the right people generally will gravitate towards you. And those who don't follow you anymore were meant to fall away. And that makes space for the right followers to come in. Um, and so I lead with that. Um, and I think when I lead with that, then it's like the right types of income will come and I don't have to pigeonhole myself into like, I guess I can do that to make this work and make this job work or this project work, if it doesn't fit, then it doesn't fit. And like, that just makes more space to do the things that do. So it sounds like the answer is Maggie manages her expectations by remembering what's in her heart. That's, that's a good way to sum it up. (laughs) (laughs) In summation. All right. Shana P wants to know, What's something that you wish you knew in the beginning? So I'm going to append to this both at A Sweat Life and in your own biz. Man, I think this is funny because um, in terms of like the beginning at A Sweat Life, that feels like a more marked, like moving to work at A Sweat Life. But the other, you know, what I'm doing now, I think has been in the background for a long time. So it's really hard to find a beginning of that. I sort of feel like I'm always in the beginning of whatever is about to be next. Um, But I think... uh, I guess for that, for this idea of like my own job is like, you know, not every opportunity is the right opportunity. And that's kind of going back to what I was just saying, like there can be great opportunities, but we have to learn how to let go of some in order to make space for others or else you'll just be run into the ground trying to make everything work. Um, And so I think that's, I'm still learning that, I guess, how to say no to certain things. Um, But then when it comes to a sweat life, um, I, I really don't think there's, 
I don't this I don't know if this is a cop out. I don't think that there's anything I really wish I knew because I mean when you do something so new, you can only ever know what you know. You can only like look back on compassion and just say like, wow, like I've learned a lot since then or um like that I, I forget who said this first, but just like, oh, I haven't learned that yet. Like, I think that was on an episode of We Got Goals where somebody was like, I, that's what I do when I figure out like that I've, that I'm lacking in some knowledge. It's just like, oh, I just haven't learned that yet. And there was so much to learn at that beginning phase. So I, I just, maybe I wish I was a little bit even more compassionate towards myself at that time. Yeah. I, I think that's one thing I've learned like since probably since the beginning or since like pandemic for sure is like self-compassion um, and like self-compassion for past Gina uh, because it's easy to look back on the past and be like, you yeah. friggin' idiot. <laughs> like, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why didn't you ask for more? Why didn't you do X, Y, and Z? And the answer is like, I didn't know everything then that I know now. Mm-hmm. So past Gina like deserves a break. Yeah. Past Maggie deserves a break. Absolutely. Past Jess deserves, deserves a, break. a break. Last question, Maggie, also from Shana P. She wants to know, what are some of the non-negotiables that you should definitely do in the first year? Um, I think two things come to mind. Um, one, expect competition. Like, you're not, you're, we're just, there's too many humans to only ever be doing like one, like you can't ever be the only person doing the thing you're doing, but you're the only person doing it the way you're doing it with your brain, with your body, with your heart. And so there is room for success for everyone and competition can make you stronger. But I feel like the minute we're like trying to be so unique and individualized that no one can be like us, then we're like, so surprised when someone is. And it's just like, that's just life. Like we're just all doing the best we can. So I try to, I try to see competition or, you know, folks that are in the same arena as me, as other folks in the industry, everyone's doing their thing. Um, and when we kind of embrace that from the beginning, it just gives us a chance to breathe along the way. Um, and also like, coming up with a language, whatever makes sense for you and resonates with you, that is this like kinder voice that you can come back to when you need it, when you need to call upon it. Like there's certain phrases that I just, even when my mindset is, if my brain is spinning, I have certain phrases that I just remember to say, and it kind of brings me back into like this more level minded state of being. And like one is just like this too shall pass. Like it's, this day is bad, but tomorrow will be better. Like this too shall pass. Um, or like the answer will come. Like it, we don't, I don't know it now, but like the answer will come. I don't know when it will come. Um, so even if I like, don't believe it right away, the more I say it, I can come back to it. I think we have to train our brains, these neural pathways, just like we train our muscles. And so we just like have to keep that exercise rolling with whatever that is for you. If it's meditation, if it's, um, something that's guided or something that is that you create yourself, if it's journaling and writing, but that kind of work I think is equally as important as like how we train our bodies too. Oh, Maggie, it was so good to have you here. Um, this has been another episode of We Got Goals and a sweatlife.com production, which is another thing that's better with friends. Thank you to Maggie Umberger for being here. Thank you to Jess Hook for the fantastic question. Uh, thank you to our audio producer, Ryan Deffitt, and to Ryan Barayuga for creating the video version for YouTube. And thank you, dear listener, for being a part of our community. Girl, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I 
I'm just reaching for a goal So don't be upset when I'm not around Just know I'll be back so no need to frown